Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that's too beautiful to live. In the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm, and joining me from Honey Butter Cornbread Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's the nicest lady, Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello, Ann. Now I need some of that cornbread. (laughs) Please tell me that you have not eaten all the cornbread before I get there, because that's very important to me. I haven't. I tried to go there yesterday and it was closed for a private party. My dreams were crushed. Oh, man. <laughs> you're like, your cornbread jonesing is going to be dialed up. You'll be like, I need a fix, man. I just need a fix. I know. And they're closed on Mondays, so I can't even go today. <laughs> <laughs> it's my worst nightmare. And I'm not telling anybody who doesn't already know what restaurant we're talking about because I don't want you all to go there and get my cornbread. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. The last time we went, we had um, we made a reservation and we specifically said we like cornbread. We're serious because they make it from scratch every day. Mm. And when it's gone, it's gone. And if there's only two pieces left, I'm sorry, I'm going to eat those. Even though you you and like half the other people had never had it. I'm not. I'll give you a bite. But <laughs> it's like cornbread Thunderdome. I'm right. coming after it. <laughs> Well, Christy, it is the third Friday of the month, and that means that it's clip show time. And we have what I hope is a fun, kind of non-obvious TBTL theme for everyone. So uh, the plan today, as usual, we'll do some show business and talk about the things we must discuss. We'll play and break down some TBTL clips, do a little housekeeping, and let you know how you can get involved with the show. So first things first, I want to do a little bit more business than we normally do for clip shows. I try to keep them a little bit more evergreen, you know, since they're not exactly time specific. And also, um, we tend to record them way ahead of time sometimes, so we don't actually know what's going to be timely. But this week, uh, we are recording a few days before uh, I'm coming out to Seattle. I will miss Mike very much. I have to say that after he got upset the last time. (laughs) We will miss him so much. As I pointed out, when I said that I was going to be in Seattle with the whole LRB crew last week, we recorded, or that time, we recorded that show six weeks early, and I didn't know he wouldn't be there at that Mm -hmm. time. Because he was wishy-washy about it. Yes. He was saying he was coming, and then maybe, and then yes, and then finally it was a no. Right. But now we know this time... He's not going to be with us. Meredith's not going to be with us. Frankly, I don't know why I'm bothering to come if he's not going to be there. But <laughs> Cornbread, <I> really... <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but we did want to make sure to give one plug. We talked about it on the recap for the Monday recap before. But we are having a little pre-show get together at Optimism Brewery. You mm-hmm. set that up, right? Yes. Um. I, we couldn't remember exactly what time we said it was going to start when we were I promoting it. I think it was it. you wanted like five. I didn't know. I and don't... I was like three. And Bobby, I think, said, let's do four. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't care. I just kind of wanted. We've had a thing. We had a meetup there before. I've gone to lots of parties because it's such a huge space. They let you bring in your own food and they have food trucks. Um I checked, they have Wi-Fi, so I was thinking we could come and um, play the live feed mm-hmm. for um, just 
out and have some drinks and have some food and then head over. Go to from a very spacious place to a very, very <laughs> tiny place. And I I saw that there's also people that have plant have rented out some rooms at Seattle's Best Karaoke mm-hmm. um, for after. So we decided let's do something beforehand because everyone's going to be listening to it probably. Yep. From home. So yep. I think that's going to be great. And I tried to say on the recap, but I want to reiterate now, um, please come even if you don't have tickets to the show. I mean, this will be your opportunity to come and hang out for a couple of hours and meet your tens because really that's the whole point of all of this, right? Is for all of us weirdos to get together and appreciate something that we all have in common. You know, the weird (laughs) reasons that we love these strange self-obsessed two guys and the weird thing that they do five days a week so (laughs) come down and hang out for a few hours I think if you get there at four I guess we'll be there (laughs) (laughs) I'll make a I'm gonna make a Facebook invite if I figure out how to do that and then um everyone will know the the, everything will be revealed at that time yes because also we need to have a number if we have over a certain number we have to hit a minimum which i'm sure i think is just like one beer per person so Mm -hmm. we'll easily hit the minimum but i just want to set it up right i'm not going to drink a beer obviously so i'm going to need somebody to drink one for me (laughs) right (laughs) i'm sure we'll have plenty of people that will drink our our allotment Yes. Yep. So if people can get down there, we would love to hang out. And I would like to meet some people that I've never gotten to meet before and some ones that I have gotten to meet before. And I'm sure that you'll want to catch up with some people too, Christy. So yeah, I mean, I always said like, these events are, I would say probably 80%. I'm excited for the people and 20% about the live show. That's just happening in the background of getting to hang out with everybody else. And I think that's why everyone always wants to have an after party because they're mm-hmm. like this is so much fun we had to be quiet for two hours while <laughs> Luke talked at us and now we want to go have some fun and like be with each other because this we're all super weird and we love this thing and we fly over like thousands of miles to come see this and be with these people so yep why not we just sat through whatever weird quiz Andrew came up with <laughs> for the show right <laughs> Exactly. And I think there's a couple people. I know at least Nick, uh, Nick Armies usually flies in and has nowhere to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that for people that are doing that, or I know a lot of people are like, I'm flying in that morning and flying out the very next morning. We at least will have a place for them to go. Mm-hmm. That's warm. <laughs> yeah. And we've already like scouted it out. So they're not running around trying to find a place to be able to listen. So yep. there you go. We can all be weird together (laughs) instead of weird by ourselves right (laughs) all right that sounds it's gonna be fun uh let's move on uh I want to get an update on your shoulder surgery Christy yes so it's supposed to happen tomorrow um (laughs) and it just to go a little bit into all the crazy details it was from a car accident the at fault insurance company is fighting me and uh, uh, saying I don't actually need surgery and I had to get a lawyer and she's fighting back, but we don't know. Like they might require I get an independent doctor evaluation. So I got nervous about that and just moved it. Also, I kind of didn't want to be all drugged up and slinged, slinged for TBTL. Mm-hmm. So um, I moved it to the 30th. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, so that's a good thing and a bad thing because you got to deal yes. with some pain until then. Yeah. Yeah, pretty intense pain until, mm. and it's getting worse. I'm like, I don't know if it's because I spent the last three days hugging people. Oh, <laughs> at, could like, be. Jeremy's um, company party, there, everyone was really wasted, and so they were very huggy. Um, and then two days of funeral activities, there was a lot of hugging. I'm like, oh, my hugging arm is, is sore. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to get it rested up because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that happening that's true. Or, <laughs> or if people approach you, they should remember one side hugs, one arms. One arm side hug. Yeah. Or just hugs with the side of no hugs. Hold the hugs. <laughs> oh, okay. That could be. Just kidding. No, I like hugs. I don't know. <laughs> I do too. I'm not necessarily the person who will go in for the hug, but if somebody yeah, wants never, to hug me, I'm I don't totally initiate. down with it. Yeah. I don't initiate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just like I won't initiate friends on Facebook. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because what if you go for a hug and people are like, ugh. Yep. Hate rejection. No so I can't. <laughs> it's, it's not you. Honestly, it's me. <laughs> well, I hope I hope that uh, everything works out for that. I hope that your lawyer oh, just nails those bastards to the table or wall or whatever you nail them to. I, ha- I don't know if I said before, I have to be in the sling for six to 12 weeks. I can't drive. And I have to sleep in a recliner. Um, the whole time. So we just got that yesterday. It just got oh, delivered. Nice. So I'm like, well, this is this is my bed for six weeks. <laughs> and it's doable. Yeah. As long as you feel better at the end of all of it. Right. Right. Good. Uh, next thing on uh, business is I want to bring up the new show series that we introduced on the most recent recap, just because, again, some people don't listen to the recaps necessarily regularly. And I like this idea so much. And it's going to be a Friday idea that I want to make sure that everybody knows about yes. it. And that's what I'm calling the LRB Pop Culture Challenge. And that is where any one of us can challenge any one of the other hosts to consume some sort of media or pop culture, whatever, as a challenge. And then we'll get back together and sort of, I guess, have a debrief on how it went and debate it. And uh, it all came from me wanting to challenge Mike to watch My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which you were on board with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think... me and Meredith both called that we want to be on the show, even though we don't normally do four people. Mm-hmm. I think we need to. <laughs> yep. Yep. And he, see, uh, uh, let's see, two things that I wanted to say. Number one, uh, as soon as I told him what the challenge was, there was so much complaining that I didn't get to the other part of what I wanted to say, which was that um, I envision uh, the Wagoneers being able to get in on this. At some point, maybe we'll start out host to host, but then uh, people listening, if you come up with what you think would be a really good challenge for one of us, send it in. We yes. may we may do it. And who knows? Maybe you'll have to be on the show to um, come at us about it. I don't know. So that's one thing. I envision this as something that everybody can get in on. And um, what was the second thing? Oh, Mike's been complaining today on Messenger to me and Ellen already about having to do this. Uh, And he was saying, you know, how much people like to see him miserable. But I didn't challenge him because I thought it would make him miserable. I challenged him with this because I think it's such a good show. And I think that he would like it if he gave it a chance. Exactly. He's going to love it. I hope so. It's not to hurt him. No. (laughs) I mean, 
it's not inconceivable that some challenge could be to hurt somebody. <laughs> but I really think that he's going to like this show. It's so funny and it's so profane. And he's just never going to give it a chance if we don't right. force him to do it. And he's probably going to get stubborn and pretend that he doesn't like it even when he does. And so mm-hmm. you and I and Meredith are going to have to try and like get him into a corner of admitting that he actually enjoyed it. But I think he's yeah. going to have fun with it. I mean, these are these are grown men that watch cartoons. Exactly. Like Simpsons and Rick and Morty and that the what is it? Big Mouth or Uh whatever. Not saying I don't like those shows. I'm just saying, like, give other things a chance that you don't think you would normally watch. Yeah, I'm all in on this. I am very scared of what people are going (laughs) to challenge me to do, um, (laughs) but I'm excited to, to throw those challenges out to other people. Oh, and will we did come up uh, with the idea of a possible veto because Mike said no way, no how is anyone forcing him to watch anything with Winona Ryder in it. He said he would quit the show before he watches he, Winona Ryder. He threatens to quit the show every week, so <laughs> challenge accepted. I said maybe we, we would come up with a veto concept. Like if there's something that you just, there's no way. I said if someone challenged me to watch Saw, I don't think that I could mm. do it. I really don't. I feel like I could watch or I could consume anything. But if someone challenged me to eat something weird that is a meat product, I oh, wouldn't be able to yeah, veto that. Yeah, that, that would definitely be a veto because we don't want you to go against your values right. to do anything. <laughs> or like, I mean, that would be a just a minute Ron situation. That's true. Your system is not so used long. to meat. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not looking to do anything to cause you right. intestinal distress. So. <laughs> right. But anyway, I'm super excited. I think this is going to be really fun. Less TBTL focused, maybe. But maybe we can kind of springboard off some TBTL topics into making people, I don't know. I like it. And if people don't want to hear it, then they can skip it. Yeah. But I'm excited. Excellent advice. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So that is the business that's going on. Um, Moving into our topic, um, I first had it labeled as terrible dinner parties, but then Mm -hmm. I went back and thought about it. And there's really only one dinner party in this list of clips that was a terrible, terrible dinner party. So Mm -hmm. I changed it to be awkward dinner parties, either because of what happens or something that someone, Luke, says or something (laughs) And uh, I think we need to start with the question, are dinner parties terrible or are they the worst, Christy? Oh, both. They're terribly the worst. (laughs) I hate dinner parties. I hate having them. I hate going to them. And I don't know if it's probably a combination of like small talk, which I hate. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, since I I have weird eating stuff, I don't. I don't like going to people's house where they prepare food because I don't know like what's in it. And if I'm going to be picky and people are like, Oh, what? You didn't like that. Um, Don't let Mike hear you say this. I know, but like, I I know that about myself. Right. So I'm (laughs) not going to go to someone's house and be like, okay, so I don't eat this and I don't eat that. So can you go around my, my stuff? No, Mm -hmm. I just don't want to (laughs) go. So I don't know if it's uh, which one it is or a combination of both. What do you think? Well, there are probably worse things. 
than dinner parties, but I can't <laughs> think of a whole lot that don't involve bodily harm. Uh, <laughs> being somebody, like you said, who is terrible at small talk. Mm-hmm. And and I have to know somebody pretty well before I feel comfortable chatting to them about nothing. If I have a topic, I'm great. But that whole, so the weather thing, I just like... <laughs> My mom said to me once, oh, it's so easy. Just ask people about themselves. And I'm like, but you don't understand. My brain is empty. Like, it goes blank. I can't think of any questions to ask anybody. I'm just standing there going, uh, it's a weird thing because I don't think I'm a terrible conversationalist. And I certainly have stuff going on in my brain. But it's just like something comes down and like puts a plastic bag and suffocates my brain for those or maybe it's because you don't care about their answer because like (laughs) I do that I I took your mom's advice I pepper people with questions and then I just sit there going I don't fucking care about what you're saying kill me now where's dessert (laughs) like (laughs) and that's another thing about dinner parties there's no set ending right yep do I leave now do I leave after dessert is there dessert do I have to keep doing this? Right. Um, I'm just counting down the time. Like, oh, geez, we've been here five hours. I would hate if people stayed at my house till five, for five hours. Like, it's time to go. And um, I just feel like people aren't good at, like, knowing when to leave. Yeah. That's why I hate throwing them or, like, saying, okay, let's wrap this up. Yep. That's why I prefer going out to dinner with groups of people. Because the check comes, it's time to go home. I I'll say that... I am one of those people that has a hard time knowing when it's time to go. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes I stay for a long time, but it's because the whole thing is so terrible that like, how do I know when I want to leave? Because I didn't want to come in the first place. (laughs) I wanted to leave before I left for the party. (laughs) I wanted to go after five minutes. I wanted to go after 15 minutes. I wanted to go after 45 minutes. How do I know when the right time is? Exactly. Oh my gosh. We're the same person. <laughs> I know. We sound like just so much fun to hang out I with, know, don't right? we? <laughs> and the thing is, I do love hanging out with my friends and people that I know well in a kind of relaxed setting, but it just takes a long time for me to get there. And I find mm-hmm. that I do worse the more people are there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really like one-on-one that much, she says in a one-on-one conversation, because that puts so much responsibility for the conversation on me. And if, mm-hmm. you know, I ha- my brain gets suffocated, then what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? So I, I like three or four people because there's enough people to keep the conversation going. But it's also uh, few enough people that I can still talk if I want to. If you get more people than that, then it becomes a competition to talk a little bit and I will never push myself in and talk so I end up just wallflowering it in the corner just watching other people talk because I just I don't know how to like get into the conversational jump rope very well Ugh, it's terrible yeah I also hate when you're at a long um when there's a lot of people and you're at a long like rectangle Mm -hmm. because you only get to talk to the people next to you or across from you Yep. And like, it always feels like the cool conversation is at the other end. And yes. I'm like, oh, wait, what are they saying? What? Oh, I can't get in on that. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, terribly the worst. <laughs> I, I had one of those. It's not, 
it wasn't strictly a dinner party, actually, it was a happy hour, but it was in one of those situations where it was a long table. And it was a a good friend of mine who was um, moving away and he was a work colleague and he was leaving. And he came around and he was inviting people to his goodbye happy hour. And he says, Anne, you're going to come right. And I was like, I don't know, man. I just, you know, that stuff's not for me. And he knows me pretty well. And he was like, Mm -hmm. come on, this is my goodbye party. I want you to come. And a friend of ours was like, Anne, you can be my date. You can stick with me. She is super outgoing. Like she could have a good conversation with a brick wall. She was like, I will protect you. You can stay by me. And the instant we get in there, it's that long rectangular table. And she sees some people and they're like, oh, Kathy, Kathy, come over here. We saved you a seat. They had saved her a seat, like over in the corner of the table up against the wall. Nowhere for me to sit. So I couldn't go with her. And I was forced to sit down at the other end of the table with some people that I didn't know and didn't know how to talk to. And I'm sitting there like trying to look like I'm invested in the conversation. I'm just miserable. And like 20 minutes later, she figures out that she's abandoned me. And she like gives me an eye down the table and she like waves like, come over here, come over here. And I'm like, there's nowhere I can sit over there unless I like perch on a bar stool over her shoulder. And I'm not, I'm a grown up. I'm not doing this. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. Did you leave? No, I sat there very miserably for a long time until one of my other good friends came and he sat by me and then I was fine. (sighs) But it's so miserable and so embarrassing. And you think, what is wrong with me? I am a functioning adult human. I should be able to be able to handle this situation with not being like, no, I don't, what, could I have some fries? Maybe if I just cut some fries, it would be okay. <laughs> if I can look at my phone and eat some fries and pretend I'm at home. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with you. I think that... That that is a normal, a normal reaction. I don't think everyone, everyone is like that. I mean, Jeremy can go in and talk to people all the time and loves it and just like eats it up. And I'm just like, I can't do that. That's true. Now that is a challenge for you having a partner who is so social and so good at interacting and talking to people. And he likes having people come over to your place, right? Oh, Anne. Oh, so we haven't been, like I just said, we haven't been home. Like we just have slept here, but we haven't been like really home in three to four days because we've just been so busy. And after the funeral yesterday, he comes over to me and he goes, I just invited a bunch of people to come over to the house. And I was like, we haven't cleaned. Like it's, it's just crazy because we just come in, change our clothes basically and go out again. And so I'm like, it, our house is a disaster and not just the way people go oh my house is messy and you go in and it's completely clean <laughs> this was like, like disaster <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is like crazy i mean when you have a dog and a kid and you haven't been there for days yeah it's, yeah. it's gonna be crazy so i'm like oh great so then we race home and are like crazy and then they didn't come for like another three hours but why why do we do that because it makes Jeremy happy. <laughs> yes. You're a good wife. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've complained about dinner parties specifically and parties in general for a good 15 minutes, <laughs> let's talk about some TBTL era dinner parties. Yes. 
of, of course, I'd like to thank the archivists who made this show possible to start with. Uh, Shannon Brooke, Ben Quick, and Mike Farnan all found clips that uh, they cleverly uh, used the keyword dinner parties in so that I could find <laughs> them and made this possible. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, let's get into this first one. Um, this is the one that, um, yeah, it sparked this idea because I was archiving and I came across this particular story from Jen. And I was like, well, I need to talk about this. I got a, what clip show can I put this in? I was like, well, we're going to have to have a clip show about dinner parties because <laughs> this needs to be re-aired and discussed. Oh, so. Yes. This is a clip from the very early days of the show. It's from February 12th in 2008. And Jen is telling the story of a dinner party that she and Jason just went to recently. So, Jennifer, you had a uh, quite the adventure this weekend. When I, I saw you yesterday, you said you had a story you had to tell me. But I, I could tell you were a little bit afraid to even tell me the story because you knew that what I would say was, we got to talk about that on the radio. <laughs> and you didn't want to. Right. Last night. Because right. you were afraid the people that were central to the story would hear. Right. Because sometimes when people find out that you're on the radio, then they listen the next day. They're not going to ever listen again, but they might listen the next day because you were with them. And so they think they might get mentioned. What if these people are on delay? What if they meant to last night, but they didn't get around to it till tonight? We're probably still safe. It's not 7 o'clock anymore. Yeah. I, I feel like it's probably something I need to talk about. <laughs> you need to work through. Yeah. Well, TBTL is listeners. Okay. So, Jim, what the heck happened to you? Well, it was it was an obligatory situation. It was somebody who was a mentor of my husband's many years ago when he was just starting out in his career, and he called and, and wanted to have us for dinner. So I've never met them, and we went for dinner. And these people had been inviting you to dinner for a long time, yes. right? Yes. Yes, and then it was, you know, the the more insistent phone calls and let's get something on the calendar. So at that point you have to well, as I said to Jason later, what I would have said is, "Wow, we are really in a in a busy period of our life, but let's let's hook up in the summer." You thought that you could pull that move. You thought you could push the thing off for an entire right. season. Jason cannot do that, and he admitted he can't do that. He can't be rude on the phone. And also because, you know, people however elderly they may be, as you'll find out later in this story, they're not idiots. Right. And they know no one's schedule, unless your last name is Clinton or Obama, <laughs> and I guess Huckabee still, <laughs> go for it, bro. <laughs> unless those are your last names, you're not that busy. Yeah. You're it's, not, I can never get, you know, you can make time. It's like when people are trying to date someone and they say, we just can't get our schedules in sync. It's like, no, she doesn't like you. Yeah. You know, it's no like when Lloyd Dobler asked out Diane Court and she's like, no, I have to do homework. No, I'm cleaning the house. And finally, he said, so you're just like interminably busy. Yeah. I mean, people do just finally call you on it. Nobody's ever been trying to, like, make their schedule jive with Giselle Bunchen's schedule. <laughs> no one's been like, ah, we're just playing so much phone tag. <laughs> so, like, where there's a will, there's a way. And there there wasn't a will here. But but Jason, for all of his basketball prowess, not good at the at the brush off. No. No. So we got something on the calendar. So Which is the fatal error. Yeah. As long as you can keep it in the kind of abstract, theoretical, yeah, we've got to get that beer. Mm -hmm. That beer. <laughs> that, that magical beer, be beer that just there. floats, I guess. <laughs> Every once in a while, like it just shows up. Oh, yeah, we still got to get that beer. 
But once you get locked into a to an actual calendar date, then you're in trouble. Right. Right. So how long in advance was the plan made? Did you have two weeks to a month? You had a month to dread this. Yeah. And I, and to be honest, I wasn't particularly dreading it because I I really didn't know I I didn't know them I have no you know relationship to them it was just kind of one of those obligatory things hey maybe it'll be great maybe I'll make a best friend for life who sometimes knows? those those things can be really great particularly with people who are a little older than you and your partner mm -hmm. because they are can be kind of this cool older but fun couple that models for you how you're going to be someday yep. and they oh I remember when we were your age and remember we had we were living in that apartment and they have cute stories and you hear them and there's this kind of circle of life <laughs> that happens and then you hold up a lion king yes sometimes that can happen this was not one of those nights no no so we got there and immediately I realized that um you know, it was one of those houses that every single inch of wall space was covered in knickknack or like the the plate series from QVC. Oh. Or, I mean, every inch there was nowhere that wasn't covered in some kind of, you know, and so right off the bat, I thought, well, this probably isn't going to be um, a kindred relationship here. Right. right. I'm not going to meet new if best they friends. have an entire wall that's all cuckoo clocks. Right. That are that are all cheek to jowl along the wall. Right. Bad times. So, you know, it was an awkward hour um, of waiting for dinner to be ready because they don't watch television or go to movies or listen to music. But they know music. about its existence. They know it exists. But no music, no, n none of the things that I pretty much butter my toast with. Sure. A anything I have, any go-to that I have. You know what's even better for that? Butter. <laughs> TV's good. I, I'm a traditionalist, though. I'm a strict constructionist when it comes to buttering my toast. I tend to do that with butter. <laughs> I couldn't think of Maybe that. Maybe Sephola on <laughs> a bad day. So already it was just kind of an awkward, like, you know, grinding along, trying to come right. up with things to be interested in. Like, oh, tell me about this plate collection. And and I I, really, I did resort to those kinds of questions really? because I had nowhere to go. And they weren't engaging me either. They were just sitting very quietly watching me. And they were an, they're an older couple. They were mm -hmm. in their maybe 70s. Mm -hmm. And it was just them and you and Jason. Mm -hmm. And you were sitting in the living room. Did you come in and sit down? Uh, no. We came in and immediately um, the man spirited Jason away to his workroom to show him you know, architecture things. Mm -hmm. And so then I stayed with the wife in the kitchen and where you belong. Had, yes. And had awkward, long, awkward pauses until I would say, tell me about this collection of porcelain dolls. And then she would. And so we did that for about an hour until dinner was ready. Whoa. So an hour. Yeah. So then we sat down to dinner and what happened was we had just like put our napkins in our lap. I mean, I've just put my first bite in my mouth when he says, I have a, I have a reason I've brought you here. So at that point, I'm just look down, look down, look down. So I just kept looking at my plate, and and moving my food around on it, just really nervous. And Ooh. I couldn't look up. I didn't know what to do. And so, and I could feel Jason's kind of nervousness. And then Jason said, "Well, what is it?" And he said, "I want us to go into business together." Oh, with Amway. <laughs> I don't even know what the business plan was. Probably architecture, though, right? Probably. They're both architects. Yeah, like, I want us to go into business together. And then Jason said, uh, oh, what, what, a, what a great, what a fun idea. And, and oh, wow. Did Jason tell him that he had a marvelous jump shot? <laughs> that sounds like a conversation I had with him today. Really... 
So he said, tried to kind of brush it off a little bit. Yeah, and, and then and then he said he said I'm really serious. I think we should get an office together, and I think we you know you should close down yours, and we should go into business together. Oh, Jason would have to shut down his yeah his going concern, <laughs> his business that that is successful yeah. and well regarded among his clients. Yeah. That should just be shut down. And he said, "What do you think?" And so then I'm still look, don't look don't look up don't look up. And what are I, you eating? What was the meal? Uh, it was just like a like a roast and mashed potatoes. You know, you never stared at a roast and no. mashed potatoes harder. <laughs> no. And so finally, it was kind of silent for a minute, and then Jason said, um, "That's not really something I'm interested in right now." But wow, what a what a neat offer! Now, because you weren't looking, I guess you weren't able to read the reaction. No, I didn't look up at any time during any of this. Based on what you heard, how did that go over? Uh, not well, because then we descended into three minutes of silence. Oh, my gosh. Really? No. Mm-hmm. Three? That's a long time. It is really long. It I, did I, give me time to notice the collection of horse memorabilia <laughs> that was across from Horsabilia. me. Horsabilia. Horsabilia. Sure, I'm a fan. Oh, I give Jason huge credit for for just saying I'm not that's not something I'm interested in because I would have probably said okay. I would have fake quit my other business. I would have created a sham office with this guy. I would have went there every day. And then when I was going to lunch, I would have created a whole excuse for why I had to be out of the office a lot of the time where I'd be running my real business. Mm-hmm. It could have gone on for years mm-hmm. because of how awkward it would have been and how much I wouldn't have been comfortable just saying, that's not really for me. Thank you, though. And all I kept thinking is, you couldn't have asked, made this proposition at dessert? Like, really? The first bite? <laughs> all right. Uh, we got to take a quick break. I want to hear how the rest of the meal went, and then I'm, I'll, I'll lay on you a story of my going to a, a, a kind of a get-together that I felt like I really should. I made an exception because I usually don't go to these things, and I did with disastrous consequences. It's coming up in a moment on TBTL. First, though, Jeff Pogel has been watching the news. Now back to Too Beautiful to Live on News Talk 710, Cairo. Blurk. Yes, blurk. Jen had a a blurgy, a blurgy weekend on account of going to this uh, long-threatened dinner with the... Uh, somebody who had kind of vouched for Jason when he was just a young guy coming up in that architecture game. You guys get there, and you realize that these are not people who you have a lot to talk about with, a lot in common. And so you're settling in for an awkward dinner, but not one as awkward as it turned out when the, the fellow, an older gentleman, the reason the dinner had been called was because he wanted to ask Jason to become his his associate, his partner. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that was a good fit for Jason mm-hmm. right now. And so, so Jason, you realize that the whole point of the dinner and them calling so many times and saying, we've got to get together, was all leading up to this second at the dinner saying, <laughs> here's what we should do. We should go into business together. And after much pressing, Jason saying, that's really flattering, but that's just not, that's just not something I'm interested in right now. And then three minutes of silence. Yeah. And you're on the first course? Right. I'm on my, like, third bite. Oh. It was a long night to go. And <sighs> and so after the three-minute pause, <laughs> I don't know what religion that they belong to. I never got it quite straight. But it's not a mainstream. It's not one that we've heard of. 
and it then became a um, a proselytizing situation. They shifted gears. They shifted gears. They realized that Plan A was a bust. And so un- until the end of the night, which was another hour and a half, Ooh. they spoke to us about their deeply held beliefs. And I am not even sure on them all. I mean, it it was, I, I don't know that they have a deity, but they meet regularly and do rituals. And it kind of went on and on until I realized they, we're going to have to convert, did, I think, did, to get out of here. <laughs> did, did you hear the name Ramtha floated? It was like at, that. Any time but that even is at least enough mainstream that I would have known what that was. This was even less mainstream than Ramtha. <laughs> Jay-Z Knight would have been appreciated at this point. And you would have so, followed a religion headed by Jay-Z. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't care. You were gonna care. You were going to sign up for whatever they were selling I, just I to get out of there. So how did you guys make your escape? Well, so at one point he told this whole particular um, ritual that they do. And how they nobody in their belief system gets cancer because they have the secret cure to cancer that the pharmaceuticals won't tell us about. It kind of went into an infomercial for a minute. And then there was a pause. And Jason said, that is such a fascinating story. You'll have to email me more about that. But we actually need to go because our dog has been home alone all day. And at that moment, I said, I'll go get my coat. I know where it is. I stood up. <laughs> I went back to the back bedroom. I got it. I came out with it on with my purse and we just literally, and they were kind of still standing there and we said, we've got to go. And we just zipped out the front door. And, and what, what lesson did you learn from this? I am never going to be in that situation again. That's right. Don't do it. Okay. Christy, is Jason the hero or the villain? I mean, hero for getting them the hell out of there and villain for accepting this invitation in the first place. Oh, my gosh. Uh, He definitely should have just made this be a quick coffee date between him, him and the mentor that I call Larry. I feel like his name's Larry. Larry, that's good. (laughs) But how how would Jason know that this was what it was? He wouldn't. But I just feel like. If your if if your mentor or Larry or old coworker wants to get together with you, then that's a one on one thing. Yeah. Don't drag Jen in there. Don't make it be a dinner party where there's no ending. Yeah. You yeah. meet at a neutral location. See if you have spark. I mean, these the the person was way older than them. Mm-hmm. What are they going to have in common? Jason had an idea of what this person was like if he had worked with them in the past maybe he got super weird in the in the following years but this is a catch up at coffee if you hit it off and say oh this dude's cool then we we can make it to extend it out to be a dinner with the spouses Mm -hmm. and really what is larry thinking I mean, this is a terrible decision if you have a business proposal for someone to invite them over for dinner and then spring it on them during the first course. This is this is awful. What on earth could have been the motivation for doing it this way? I have no idea that he obviously had no 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 pre-planning of this. And oh, my gosh, it's just so terrible. And that's why you feel it out with the coffee date first Mm -hmm. and i mean Mm -hmm. maybe 
he hasn't seen Jason's work in years, right? How does he even know his own business must be failing or he needed to get back into the workforce or something? Or maybe he just is getting towards retirement and he wants to take on a young person to take more of his load or something. (laughs) But it was really weird that the suggestion was Jason closed his thriving business. Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This whole thing was a nightmare. Yes, totally agree. Poor Jen. How does she get into these situations? I don't know, but he saved it so well at the end Mm -hmm. that it makes it seem like he's the hero. It does. (laughs) He he really is the best. I hope we get to see him. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, just to say that is so fascinating. I want to hear more about this. You're going to need to email me, but our dog's been alone. See, this is why I got to get a dog, Christy. Get a fake one. I mean, get a fake just dog. Get a, yeah, okay. just a fake dog. You can even like steal pictures, talk about how you rescued it, have mm-hmm. little stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a good get out of everything card. Hmm. Okay. Yep. And much easier to take care of and cheaper than a kid, which is always a get out of everything card. But the dog (laughs) definitely is. (laughs) Right. When you can just say, we're potty training. (laughs) So you know how that goes. (laughs) That's gotten me out of a lot of jams. (laughs) I would say this is one of the all-time great Jen stories. I mean, I always think of Jen in the basement at the wedding. Mm -hmm, It's like the number one granddaddy Hall of Fame Jen story. But as far as awkward situations goes, this one is right up there. And she just tells it so well. I don't know how she does it that she injects it with this, this thing where you just sort of viscerally feel her pain. Maybe like the detail of talking about how she just looked down at her plate. Yes. When oh my they gosh. were. We all knew what that knows what that feels like. I was yep. getting like sweaty listening to this clip. Like I just put myself in her. She is such a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. And Luke is such a great interviewer that this is like the best of TBTL right here. Yep. Is when she would have. She goes on these like crazy fun adventures and then comes back and is like, okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> and Luke needs every single detail and she just knows it. Yep. Yep. And she knows exactly what he's going to find interesting and what right. all of us are going to like. She pulls the universal ideas out of all these horrifying situations. And I had mm-hmm. to laugh at Luke's reaction about how he would have been so unable to deal with any awkwardness that he would. <laughs> end up agreeing to go into business with this guy and then have like this pretend business and then leave and go to his real job during the day. Oh my gosh. That is so something Luke would do. And and it makes it it made me think of that episode of Friends when Chandler was going to break up with Janice but he couldn't do it so he told her he was moving to Yemen. <laughs> he and had then, to buy a ticket. Yep, he had to buy a ticket to Yemen and get on the plane in order to <laughs> To not tell her he wanted to break up. Oh, my gosh. Fun fact. First time I knew that there was a country called Yemen, I think, was from that episode. I thought it was a joke. Like, I thought he had just made that up. And I'm like, he's going to get in so much trouble when they find out that's not a country. (laughs) And it was. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, just that episode, 
you got to go to the gate because remember Janice went to yes. the gate with them and that's why yep. he had to buy it. That was pre 9-11 and she goes all the way to the gate with him and he goes, right. I guess I'm going to Yemen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that would have been Luke. Yep. <laughs> well, what would you have done? I mean, if you had gotten tricked into this situation, how would you have handled it? Am I Jen or am I... Um, you're Jason. I'm Jason. Oh, I probably would have said the same thing as him. Like, oh no, I'm you know my my business is doing really great and it's better for our family right now. Or actually, probably just said, yeah, let's discuss this later. Or you know, let's figure oh, out there some you details. go. I don't know. I mean, that's a good tactic to get out of the situation right now but then you're gonna have to come back to it later of course it would well, give you time to figure things out put it back on his plate and say you know what i would love to see a business plan so can you work that up and get it back to me because odds are the guy doesn't have a business plan right and um just say you know work up a business plan how much is this going to cost me what what are the details and and then get back to me because did this guy just think Jen would, I mean, that Jason would go, cool, this is awesome. Let's do it with no details. That's not how business works. I think that you would have handled this so much better than I would. <laughs> would you have joined the company and done a Janice or no, Chandler, I guess? I I don't think so. I The only thing that I can connect this to in my real life is uh, the last time I was in England and I was on the train coming back from somewhere and this Italian guy sat next to me, came and sat next to me and gave me the hard sell for 10 minutes, the hard sell on himself. And let me just oh. stop here and say he was not one of the good looking, fun Italian guys. He oh. was one of mm -hmm. the kind of greasy, gross yeah. Italian guys. And so after 10 minutes, he says to me, um, uh, if he asks me if he gives me his number, would I like to go spend a week at his family's villa in Italy? Oh. And yeah, and and the only commonality in the situation is this sort of uh, uh, uh what do I say <laughs> feeling? Right. And I said, "Oh my gosh. Oh. No, I don't think so." <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. And he goes, Okay, have a good day. And he got up and he left. He was like, cut cut his losses right then. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> but just that feeling of, oh shit, what do I what do how do I get out of this? Yeah, I feel like maybe I wouldn't know what to do if it was a person a person like that. Like because it feels more like you're rejecting a person. Mm -hmm. Whereas like in the job situation, you're rejecting a business. And right. it doesn't feel as personal as shooting someone down. Yeah. Although there was um, another guy who was sitting across from us, just a nice sort of older British, like a working class guy. And mm -hmm. he was looking at me throughout this whole exchange. And he's just giving me the tiniest little smile with his eyes. <laughs> Why didn't he save on. you? <laughs> I don't know. Because oh, he was you, British. Um, you could have said... Oh, I don't think my husband would point to the British guy would oh. enjoy that very much. <laughs> and then put it on that guy. <laughs> I mean, what is he going to say? I I'm not married to her. I mean, like, you know what I mean? That's like, true. What? Yep. 
But the problem with me is that I think like Jason, my brain just doesn't go to the lie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm just sort of basically, I don't have enough deceit in my, my brain that I could come up with a plausible excuse or lie in the moment, which is what would make it so hard. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm a good person, just that I'm a bad liar. Yeah, exactly. And I would... I mean, I said that was my suggestion, but I don't know if I could do it because I would want wouldn't want to feel rejected by the British guy. <laughs> it was all a very weird situation. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's why you wear headphones all the time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, the religion part Ooh. really freaked me out, and. I've since meeting Jeremy, I've definitely been in situations where this happens. Mm -hmm. It happened to us a few times this weekend where we were asked if we have a church home and if we would like to start going with them. Um, So that's a hard no. Um, (laughs) But I I wish I knew what this religion was. I want to find out about it. Um, I think I want to know as little as possible (laughs) about it, frankly. An hour and a half they talked about the religion. Yeah, but Christy, if you follow this religion, you don't get cancer. Well, I don't know. Like, is it worth it? (laughs) I don't know. If I found out I have a 75% chance of getting cancer and the only cure is doing this really weird religion, I'd really have to make a pros and cons list. You would. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to hang out with people that have horse collectibles on their walls and (laughs) trap people into i don't know because they do rituals at their house is what they said and yeah i mean i'm okay with horse collectibles as long as you're really into horses but if you have horse collectibles because you're into collectibles more yeah and that's what it seemed like right yeah every and then jen would just i mean that's one thing is you have things to look at all over right mm-hmm. when you're trying to get out of and okay this is another thing i hate about dinner parties when the men and women split up oh it's terrible why does that happen i don't know this gendered bullshit that still goes on it's so dumb after all the changes that we've made and all the fights that we fought to still have the women segregated to the kitchen it just yeah. it infuriates me and that's the worst part is I don't mind hanging out with women, but the problem is when it's when it's split off by gender, the women are working and the men mm-hmm. are doing something fun. They're watching <laughs> TV or they're looking at offices or they're going on tours or they're sitting in the backyard around the fire and the women are talking about the same stupid stuff and and cooking or cleaning. Mm-hmm. It's so dumb. Totally agree. Let's see. I like, <laughs> Jen, did you learn a lesson from this? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't never <laughs> be in that situation again. Right. Yeah, just the whole going to strangers house. Yep. And, and now they know the signs. And Luke was very correct when he said nobody is trying to make their scheduled jive with Giselle Bunchen's <laughs> schedule. Yeah, I don't dis- I don't agree with him though that the only people that are busy are like the Obamas and No, 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 of course. Yeah. But his larger <laughs> point being if you really want 
to get together with somebody, you, you make, make it, it happen, happen. If you want to. Yep. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay, That's I'm back the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we can take from this clip. Yeah, and I also, how they set it for a month in advance, I feel mm-hmm. like the further out it is, the worse it looms. Mm-hmm. If if uh, Jeremy said you have a dinner, we have a dinner party next week or even like in three days, I would be I would have less time to get angry and anxious about it. Mm-hmm. He better not say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we move on, or this yes. is going to get to be a long show? Yeah, I know. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> All right, this is from December nineteenth, two thousand twelve, um, where. Luke is podcasting alone, which is normally uh, very scary, but this is a really funny story that he tells about an ill-advised dinner party he's throwing. And the other thing I did while I was kind of um, drunk, uh, not the same night, but a different night, was I decided I wanted to throw a Christmas dinner for the people I work with on the radio show. Um, I just kind of thought, you know, I like these people. We all work together. Um... It would be a nice thing. It would be a civilized thing. It would be a thing that people used to do when, you know, you, you had a little, you had a little, uh, you put together a little dinner, had a little uh, champagne, a little wine. Everybody sat around, had a nice, um, had a nice meal and, uh, and everybody sort of bonded. So that was my idea. I thought of it as a sort of team building exercise. So anyway, I suggested this idea and, uh, and the, uh, the other folks that work on the radio show agreed. And of course that thing is tonight. And what I realize is um, there is a host of problems in, uh, in throwing up a, 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 a Christmas dinner party here. One, uh, and maybe primarily, we don't have a stove that works. We have a giant stove here. It's an industrial stove. It's a really cool stove. It also runs about 400 degrees hot. And, uh, and it's impossible to get anyone to come out and fix. It used to not turn on, and then we got it fixed, and they fixed it too well. So you can't really cook anything in there um, because you're just guessing at the temperature and then it always ends up getting burned to a crisp. That's problem number one. Problem number two, which I realized today when I came home, was there are four people. There are two couples coming over, Brian, the producer of the radio show, and his lovely wife, and then Dave Ross, the co-host of the show. Or let's let's call it what it is, the host of the show. I'm the co-host. And his lovely wife. Okay, so there's four people coming over. That'll be me and my lady. That is six people. Turns out in the dining room, we have four chairs. And the only other chairs we have are here in the TBTL Broadcast Center where I'm working right now. But they're like rolling chairs. And number one, they just don't seem dignified. I'm having Dave Ross over, broadcast legend. I don't want to bring out the rolling chairs, um, the rolling office chairs. That's one problem. The other problem is this is a very old house. And... If you are sitting at one end of the table, the floor of the dining room actually slopes, and it slopes uh, a severe enough amount that if you are sitting at the, let me think what, uh, never eat soggy waffles. Do you guys have to do that? Every time you try to think about the relationship between the directions, you have to say some version of, like, I learned it as never eat soggy waffles. The other thing I have to do, if I'm ever trying to think about something alphabetically, unless we're talking about, like, A and Y, Unless we're talking about letters that are clearly at polar opposite ends of the alphabetic spectrum. Unless we're talking about those. If we get anywhere in the middle, I got to sing the entire alphabet song in my head in order to go. Oh, God. Let me see. G. Is that an M? Is that an P? 
TRS TV tell you. Okay, I gotta sing the whole song in my head. Anyway, if you're sitting at the, I guess it would be the uh, east end of the table, and you're in a rolling chair. This has happened to me before. You will roll downhill. You will roll away from the table. If you are not holding onto the table, you will roll down and you will end up hitting a wall. And I can't have that happening when I have these people from my work coming over. What's what's basically become clear to me is that I have unintentionally created a seriously mad men situation. Carrie was like freaking out because, you know, she wanted everything to be really nice because this is the now I didn't invite my bosses. So it's not strictly a madman situation if this was madman which i've watched a little bit of not as much as some of you uh i would be like the pete character right and uh, i'd be having don draper over and it'd be this big thing where it had to be perfect it's not quite that level because there's nobody coming over who can get me fired or uh, anything but it is creating an oddly mad manian feeling in my head of like everything has to be kind of right i don't want anyone rolling away from the table in the rolling in the janky rolling chairs. So that is a long and convoluted way of explaining to you that we're going to have a short show today because I've got to solve these various problems before uh, before we get to uh, 7 o'clock tonight and the big, big work uh, dinner. Okay, Anne. <laughs> this is so true to Luke's nature. They don't have yep. an oven that works. They don't have enough chairs for people. Mm-hmm. Carrie is there worrying about getting every little thing perfect. Right. Because that's because what she she's does. Hosting, and right. she's hosting Dave Ross, for God's right. sake. <laughs> Who's basically his boss. He's like, like, he doesn't decide if Luke gets paid. But I mean, I guess he could be like, I don't want to work with this Burbank kid anymore. Yeah. And he's gone, you know? <laughs> this is so, I mean, I've talked about it before that we have four plates and three chairs. And this is so something that Jeremy would do. Oh, we're having 10 people over and we have a tiny square table and four chairs. And he just goes, oh, we'll just all eat on the couch. No, no one wants to be sitting on a couch with a plate on their lap trying to eat dinner. <laughs> well, I was thinking about this and I have to say, if you did it right, this could be kind of a fun dinner party. With the rolly chairs. <laughs> I could kind of get into that. Yeah. I I mean, but they're on hardwood floors. Rolling chairs are supposed to be on that office terrible carpet. Mm -hmm. That's really hard and not cushiony. And it rolls well. It's like craziness on, on hardwoods. <laughs> I just think it would be kind of funny. To watch Dave Ross having to either hold on to the edge of the table or like slowly going across the room. <laughs> well, I would hope that Carrie and Luke would be the ones that took the rolling yes, chair. Yes, mm -hmm. I mean, you could set this up so that you took the rolling chairs and so that you didn't sit at the east end of the table or whatever it was. Right that he said was right. the problem area. You could do it, but it's not exactly dignified if you're trying to impress your coworkers. No. no. Um, and then the whole oven thing. So I, I kind of need to know how this went. Did they cater in food? Did they just say, oh, just joking, we're going to go to a restaurant? But then that's weird because you invited people to cook dinner for them and then you say they have to go buy food. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
the oven works. It just gets so hot. It burns everything. I mean, actually, that's good for Luke, given the way that he likes to burn. So we should have just made steak. (laughs) Maybe that's how he began to like steak. That way. Maybe. Maybe. But you're right. This is such a classic Burbankian thing. Because he probably just got worked out like, you know, it'd be super fun, guys. Let's Uh have a dinner party at my house. And then he gets home and Carrie starts pointing out all of the reasons why that's not a good idea. (laughs) Well, Hmm. I don't understand. Is this the first time he's ever had people over? Because he'd had the house for like four years by that time. He's a social enough guy that I'm surprised that this might be the first time that he's encountering these problems. Well, I feel like people coming over is different than a dinner party. A dinner party seems more formal, right? There's oh, mm-hmm. a dinner, usually, you know, like two or three courses and people sitting around. This, I mean, this is the things we hate, right? I would much right. rather go to a hangout at someone's house and it's very informal mm-hmm. that this seems like very formal, especially because it was Christmas dinner, right? So then there's yes. even the air of like everything's going to be decorated and very nice and there's cocktails. So there's a lot of... Um, stuff that comes in where if he's just having um, what is it Camaro Kev over then Carrie's not going to care that there's only three four chairs and um, the floor's uneven and (laughs) nothing can be cooked they'll just order some pizza it's fine I'm starting to feel really bad for Carrie yep. now in this clip. Just I starting? hadn't thought about oh, it. Just this, well, I this hadn't, clip. I had well <laughs> in general but I just I I was so um amused by the whole visual of all of this that I hadn't thought too much about how uh, big of a deal this must have been for Carrie to have to work within this situation to her standards. Yeah. And and she likes things to be fancy, right? She mm-hmm. wants she wants to come when people come into her house, she wants it to look nice. She wants the food to taste good. She wants to show them a good time. Because if everything goes crappy Luke is still the guy that's drinking whiskey with Dave Ross in the living room and she mm-hmm. gets the blame like, oh, well, Carrie isn't a very good cook now, is she? Even though mm-hmm. he had set up the whole thing. Women always get the blame for this kind of thing. Um, they do. So, of course, she's going to be um, more anxious about it. And also, I've talked to her um, about this before that she's similar to you and I where um, doesn't really like has a lot of social anxiety, um, doesn't like to be in big groups just more like one-on-one type situation so that's why you always kind of see her in the back of the room at tbtl events i mean she's super nice if you talk to her but she's not going to be the one that goes up and is sure. like hello everybody you know mm-hmm. and that's fine so then this is another added anxiety that people are coming into your house god bless her <laughs> right and you know what i bet it turned out really fun oh i'm sure it was Mm-hmm. I bet with with the combination of the two of them and and Luke was just utterly charming mm-hmm. and making sure that everyone was having a great time and pouring the drinks and mm-hmm. saying funny things and it all went off without a hitch I'm sure because that's just the kind of charmed life he lives exactly everything always comes up Burbank right yep <laughs> so that's a good one should we go into the next one 
Yes. Okay. Um, this one is a little bit of an odd duck, don't you think? That I included <laughs> oh, it's this. so many reasons why. So <laughs> <many>. <laughs> because it features nobody from TBTL except for an introduction at the very beginning from Luke. This clip is from October 29th, 2009. This is the first and only question mark listener generated episode. So the whole episode is pieces that listeners produced and sent in. And it's just Luke introducing them and like putting the music uh, interstitials in. So we just hear him for a few seconds introducing this clip. And it is the story of listener Sam. And this is actually really good timing because it's Sam Dingman, who they talked about just a few weeks ago on TBTL. He hosts that Family Ghosts podcast from Panoply, where he gave TBTL the really nice shout out and talked about how much they um, meant to him how much the show meant to him as a listener and so I I mean I didn't real I was just searching dinner party in the archive and this came up and I was like wait that's Sam so this is like an early kind of prototype version of what would go on to be this podcast and it's Sam uh, telling the story of answering an ad for an acting gig at a dinner party scene that turned out to be something a little bit different than he expected. Thank you very much for joining us on uh, the first ever listener-generated edition of TBTL, the show that's probably too beautiful to live. Um, We've turned the show over to our tens of listeners today, uh, and we've asked them to expound on the topic of cringe, cringy moments in their own lives, in the lives of their friends. Uh, Coming up, we've got another one for you. Uh, right here, it comes to us from uh, listener Sam Dingman in New York City. He's actually got a podcast called Road to Shambhala. This is the story of the time he uh, accidentally uh, showed up to a, um, well, basically a porno shoot. It was, it was a fiction movie with unsimulated sex. Um, but it was also all about sex. Enter Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, rewind a little bit. <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> and it was like the first week that I lived in New York, and I was like, I'm going to be an actor guy. So I was like, let me look on Craigslist for casting notices. So I saw one for uh, background actors for John Cameron Mitchell's new movie. And I was like, John Cameron Mitchell made Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I haven't seen that movie, but it was a famous independent movie. (laughs) I bet this will be a great opportunity. (laughs) So I emailed him my headshot and my resume, which at that time consisted of, um, I was in some plays in college. (laughs) Uh, And they were like, they wrote back and they were like, oh yeah, this looks great. Um, Come to this warehouse in Dumbo. Come dressed for a downtown dinner party. I was like, downtown dinner party? I've been to tons of those. (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to wear some jeans and a button-down shirt and a cool hat because I'm going downtown where all the hip folks hang out. Uh, So I arrive at the warehouse in Dumbo, the appointed time. Um, I enter wearing my hat and my shirt uh, and my pants. And (laughs) I bring that up. Yeah, I bring that up only because nobody else there was wearing any of those things. As a matter of fact, um, all of the gentlemen, uh, and I hesitate to call them gentlemen, 
were clad, uh, they, they were all uh, drag queens. And not like, hee hee, like I put on a wig and I went to this party in college where I was a quote unquote drag queen. I'm talking about prom dresses, I'm talking about full makeup, shaved legs, like, um, uh, like strapless, like sparkles everywhere. They were beautiful. Um, and then there were the ladies in attendance who were wearing zero clothing. And then there was me <laughs> who was like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm here for the John Cameron Mitchell movie, which takes place at the downtown dinner party. And they were like, yeah, come on in. Um, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> so just as I'm kind of acclimating myself to my surroundings, uh, John Cameron Mitchell, who uh, nobody has told me anything about what's going on. John Cameron Mitchell jumps up on this crate and goes, all right, everybody. Um, so this is the last scene of the movie. I just want to let you know what's going on. Uh, you're in this club. You're all hanging out. You're having a good time. Uh, at a certain point, a marching band is going to enter, and then you all fuck each other. <laughs> and everybody was like, yeah! <laughs> and he didn't say, just kidding, here's what really happens. <laughs> he was like, all right, so uh, we're going to start shooting. Um, so then the stage manager, or I don't know, the set att attendants or whatever, came around and started pairing people up. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what's going to happen? Oh my god, I need to leave. Oh, I don't know what to do. Ah, So they paired me up with this guy who was really nice. Um, but he was wearing um, cut-off jeans, and that was all. They were... Was he a never-nude? <laughs> he, he was dressed like a never-nude. Another doctor, Dr. <laughs> Tobias Funke. <laughs> Imagine a never-nude who's trying to like suggest nudity as strongly as possible. Uh, for example, not to be too graphic and get us even more filtered, but um, he had worked the jean shorts down to the point where there was um, a bit of fuzz peeking oh. over the... <laughs> waistband he also had a giant tattoo of angel wings across his back Ooh. which was really stunning um so we met each other uh and so this the set person was like why don't you guys talk a little bit so i was like how's it going <laughs> um and uh he was eating some watermelon i was like oh it must be a good watermelon and he was like it's a sexy watermelon and i was like this is not gonna go well <laughs> not that i mean like i just i that's not what i thought i was here for i i don't know what's going on so at the last minute, um, John Cameron Mitchell comes around and he's like talking to everybody and he comes up to me and he's like, uh, honey, what happened? <laughs> and I was like, John, I, it said downtown dinner party. What, what did that mean? He was like, it means downtown dinner party. Look, never mind. <laughs> Why don't you just stand over in the corner and be the confused guy? <laughs> I was like, I can do that, I can do that for you. John. <laughs> uh, so then, I mean, long story short, uh, we start shooting and exactly what he said was going to happen happened all around me for like eight takes. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Like actual sex. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the coda to all this is it's an amazing movie. Mm. It's like a beautiful, beautiful movie. Are um, you in it? No. <laughs> Which is probably for the best, whether you're me or whether you're anybody else right. with any interest whatsoever in seeing this movie. It's good that you can't see me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's when I went to the downtown dinner party, which this is not. So the next time you get invited to a downtown dinner party, does that mean you're going to show up naked? <laughs> <laughs> that's literally, <laughs> that's totally what's going to happen, right? Someone will have a downtown dinner party, like, I know what this means. <laughs> what's up, guys? I'm wearing a hat, but nothing else. <laughs> you just see the glass drop. <laughs> like, oh. This is why we never invite Sam to things. Um, Christy, so if you saw an ad for an acting gig... 
that was characterized as a, quote, fiction movie with unsimulated sex, unquote. What would you think it was? Well, what does unsimulated mean? That means they actually have sex on camera instead of pretending. Oh, lordy. I would think it was a porn. See, that's what I would think. (laughs) But apparently (laughs) Sam didn't go down that particular thought pathway. (laughs) Well, first of all, I would never be an actor. Um, So just this whole thing made me anxious and I I would never answer an ad I mean, was he getting paid? Did he say if he got like a day rate or something for doing it? Was he in need? Was he just wanting to, because the producer was someone that he knew and he liked their their work? I don't know. It could be. It could be just something to put on your resume or maybe he did get paid. He never talked about that part. I mean, he could have got paid in other ways if he wanted to. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And. Uh, dress for a dinner party. What does that even mean? I need more specifics. Who knows? Well, I don't know. I The whole topic of downtown dinner party, from the way that he described the scene, it doesn't sound like there was much of a dinner party involved. No. So I was wondering if it was a sex term that I, I didn't know. I couldn't find it on Urban Dictionary. If you Google dinner party on urban dictionary go ahead i'll wait oh no okay i'm getting scared um just dinner party Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) oh no Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. oh wow (laughs) yep so I, uh, and <laughs> I'm not going to read this, but you guys should all Google it yourself. <laughs> or don't. Or don't. You, you've been warned. Um, yeah. So I could see adding the word downtown onto that. Um, yeah. So maybe Sam shouldn't should have read between the lines on that one, too. But I don't know. But I feel like in in New York, that's just people say like uptown or downtown, and that uh-huh. has meaning. Yep, like it, it's like a whole different way of life. So I could see that like downtown might be. I mean, like he had to wear a hip hat, right? <laughs> right. So he wanted to be cool, like downtown people. <laughs> Is that all you need? Is it a cool hat? I guess. Yeah. Um. And no pants, apparently. But um, I think that I would have Urban Dictionary it with the... I mean, it had a line about sex in it. Right. So instantly I would be like, okay, well, what does that mean? Yep. I, I think that uh, Sam was really excited to be working with John Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> and he just didn't put... Two and two and two and two and two together and ended up with a great story. Now, if this happened to you, if for some reason you did decide to answer this ad and go down for an acting gig, when you figured out what it was, would you stay? 
Oh, would I get to be awkward guy standing in the corner? Because then um, maybe yes. That's true. This could have been a very fascinating situation mm-hmm. to not participate in. How much sexy watermelon do I get to eat? <laughs> These are all you, considerations that I need. To you get to eat as much sexy watermelon as you want. I might be in. If I'm confused guy in the corner eating sexy watermelon <laughs> and observing, I, I might do it. Just for the story alone. Yeah, I think I agree. I might do it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly because I'm so bad at leaving. Like, I don't know if I could just be like, guys, I'm out. Or you know what I mean? Right. Maybe just like slowly. Yeah. Confused guy in the corner slowly becomes confused guy by the door. And then... <laughs> confused guy that's never been seen again like (laughs) my problem is that the thing that makes me the most anxious that I hate the most is looking like I don't know what I'm doing and so I can't tell what would be worse to actually raise my hand and be like um I've made a terrible mistake I need to leave or being confused guy in the corner eating my sexy watermelon (laughs) I think either one of those things betrays my ignorance in such a way that I would just feel so embarrassed for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's such a good story, though. But you, so you wouldn't feel weird enough to jump into the orgy? No, God, no. Nope, 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 nope. Giant nope. orgy. Let's also just remember that he said they did eight takes. <laughs> what kind of madness was going on? I wonder how long those that takes to do eight takes. Are we talking 45 minutes? Are we talking four hours? Oh, what? oh to mean, do eight takes or one take each? No, to do eight takes. Oh, my oh. God. To do eight takes. Oh. I mean, if we're having real sexy times. Yeah. It can't be lasting that no. long. No, right? no, no. That's what I was wondering where you were getting four hours. I'm like, interesting. <laughs> I just am thinking about the mess and the smell and the situation. Like, it's just too much. <laughs> yes, too much. That's really all you can say. Just too much. Oh, and I did look to see. I think I figured out what movie it is. Oh. It's by, uh, by John Cameron Mitchell. It's called Short Bus. Okay. Apparently to went this. to Cannes, got some good reviews at Cannes, but I don't know. It was uh, all of that was from their website and the um, promotional trailer and whatever. So of course they're not going to say anything bad about it. But um, but yeah, if anybody wants to watch it, I mean, you don't get to see Sam because he didn't make the movie. But right. <laughs> oh my gosh, I kind of want to watch this. Do you kind of want to watch it? You can probably oh, find no. a clip of just that scene. And you will not what? believe this. It's playing what? in a theater in Seattle. What? <laughs> can you believe that? <laughs> I'm taking you to see it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's just on Thursday. Thursday at 7. Oh. If anyone's looking for something to do in the Seattle area, the movie is playing at the Grand Illusion Cinema. <laughs> Um, you you know that this this show won't come out until Friday, right? Oh shoot! <laughs> so dates are hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you missed it. <laughs>
Uh, well, I'm sure if we really want to, we can find a copy of it somewhere. Yeah, I need to. I need to watch this. Yep, but this was a fantastic story from Sam. I really, oh I really enjoy it. It does have a certain Burbankian vibe to it. Like there is an outside chance that Luke could have found himself in this kind of situation. What with oh, his aspirations sh- to acting and yes, for sure. living in New York and being willing to take a leap with strange people. Yeah, he could have ended up there. Yeah, I'm sure that's why he played it. But you know what? This is such a great idea, and I wish that they would do something like this again. The listener-generated shows or ideas, they used to do that a lot before. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. especially like when they took two weeks off, although I love the regret shows, um, this could be something that they look for in the future. Tell sure. you know instead of just voicemail, tell us about your regrets, but actually do it. I mean, they have so many people that um, are TBTL adjacent podcasts that we all have our own equipment, right? So, right, um, yep. I think this is such a great idea, and it gets the listeners involved if mm-hmm. they wanted to do that kind of thing. <laughs> Andrew, are you listening? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, should we go to the next one? Okay, this is from September 11th, um, 2015, uh, when Luke decides to brag about a weird thing at a dinner party. I love this clip so much. Let's go do it now. Um, so I uh, I went to a dinner party last night, a holiday party here in, in Port Townsend uh, from some new friends that, uh, that Carrie and I have made in town. And it was really, really fun. And it, w- it was just great. Like the the uh the company was great the 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 food was great everything was everything was excellent and at the end of the night they had they were serving this really great dessert stuff and i um i decided for some reason to have a cup of coffee with the dessert sometimes i like to have a cup of coffee with some cake or something like that you know it's kind of an, i mean if they i'll be honest with you if they would have just had milk out i would have probably had some milk mm-hmm. well that's mm-hmm. weirdly juvenile like, you should just ask could, you, could i have some more milk do you guys have a juice box? Um, so I had some coffee, and I was drinking this coffee, and I didn't really know very many people at this at this get-together. And so I think I was tr- – I don't know what I was trying to do exactly, but I guess I was just trying to be hopefully funny and likable and, and, and somehow make a good impression on everybody. But for whatever reason, this is what I said when I had this cup of coffee. Somebody said, oh, I, I can't touch that because this is like 9 o'clock at night. Now I'm having this mm-hmm. cup of coffee. And uh, somebody said, oh, yeah, I, I can't have a cup of coffee right now. And then I said, this was the weird part. I said, that's how I know I'm not getting old. I can drink a cup of coffee right now and go to sleep. That is the weirdest brag in the it history really of dumb, bizarro brags. Like, first of all, impl- the implication is that the other person who said that is old, which people yeah, love yeah, to hear. So kind of rude right there. Yeah. I mean, st- just like rude. Also, mm-hmm. um, not probably related to age so like incorrect you know what i mean like yeah although i have noticed i feel like it is a thing that the the older people get the more they have to sort of think about oh i can't have a oh i'm not gonna have a coke it's seven Mm o'clock i'll be up all night right why would i be proud of the fact that i can just fall asleep after consuming caffeine anywhere and also after consuming caffeine it makes what a what a dumb thing to be proud of what a oh you know that's how i can tell that's how i can tell i'm still young and youthful so i can just fall asleep anywhere yeah exactly that's how i know i have narcolepsy 
<laughs> I can right. I can do an eight ball of coffee and speed and uh, and pass out in a police cruiser <laughs> that I've borrowed. That's how I know that I'm youthful. Like who says that to people? And then this other guy who was there, who was, was actually a really funny dude. He said, he goes, oh yeah, I can go to sleep right after uh, I drink a cup of coffee. He goes, but then I'm up at three in the morning and I'm thinking, God, I love coffee. I love all kinds of coffee. Yeah. Let me list the different kinds of coffee that I like in my brain right now, <laughs> which was like a really funny comeback. And um, it was especially, especially funny to me when I woke up at three in the fucking morning <clears throat> this morning, having that exact thought, could mm. not sleep for the life of me, watched two different sport documentaries, one about Jimmy the Greek Snyder who was a football prognosticator in the, in the 70s and 80s, who was then kicked off of network television for saying, and I quote, the black is bred to be a better athlete. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why people took that the wrong way. Um, uh, oh, and it's I'm a sorry. compliment. He, he then followed that up by saying, <laughs> if they let them coach, then we won't have anything. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was really, it's actually pretty amazing 30 for 30. I highly recommend people watch it. Um, so the point is that not only did I say a bizarre thing to people, essentially insulting them and claiming to be youthful, but I didn't even, I wasn't even able to, uh, you know, make good on my boasting right. about, about how immune I was to <clears throat> coffee. So it turns out I'm also getting old is, I guess, the takeaway. I want to hear more about your thoughts on this social faux pas that you've made. Because this is what you've just done, if I may be so bold, is I, I think that you've stepped into Andrew territory with this one. Listen, you do <laughs> really? the things that you regret a lot. I do the things that I regret a lot. But saying like, just saying a, a kind of a, a weird, dumb joke like that, that kind of doesn't make a lot of sense, but also <clears throat> is kind of vaguely insulting. Hmm. Yeah. Is really I don't know. Maybe you and I are just similar in that way, but it just seems like something that I'm. I was bred to do that. Like sort of, it just seems like such a Walshian thing. And then you just spend the rest of the night, like the entire evening, could have been pleasant, but you just focus in on that one thing and you keep playing it over and over and over. Oh no, but head. no, but Andrew, I fixed it because I left right after saying that. So oh good, I just that was my that was literally like Burbank out. <laughs> Profiterol drop, drop moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then just go get in my car, which was blocking everybody. Because <laughs> I got to the, it's I was the last say. person to the party. And so, and this is, you know, I live in the rurals now. And so the driveway was like, there was enough uh, space for everybody who got there on time. And then I was just blocking, parking everybody, or blocking oh. everybody from getting out. So I got to go move my car mm. and just say, peace out, youthful, it's youthful a- Burbank out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I gotta go. I have a date at a coffee shop. <laughs> um, so, were you like immediate? Like, as you're saying it, are you kind of like, "Oh my god!" Like, do you does it just hit you right there? Just like, why the f did I say that? Yeah, I mean, I seriously and, left partially because of that. Really, it was a very oh. like. I, I got to be honest with you. I think not um, drinking so much, not drinking so excessively. Has really, mm-hmm. I need to relearn how to be social around people sometimes. Mm. I, f- I feel that I'm very socially adept. I do think that that is a thing that has been uh, lucky for me, is that I'm usually comfortable around people. But what I realized is, like, I went to this party. It was really fun. I had a couple glasses of wine. And um, and that was it. And then I had some coffee. And then it was time to go home. Um, 
I think in a different lifetime, I would have been like, they had hard alcohol there too. And I, I mean, nobody was drinking hard alcohol cause they're normal and it's a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. in, in another time I would have probably said like, Hey, uh, you know, would you mind if I fix myself up with uh, you know, a little bit of this, whatever, you know, whiskey or something. And then I would have been uh, at 11 at some point in the night. And then I would have been thinking we had what an adventure we had. I charmed the pants off those people. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have really been the case, but that would have been my perception of the case mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. I'm basically in my right mind around people uh, more than I used to be. I just noticed that like, oh, yeah, I said that and that did not go over great because it was just a didn't make sense. And B was, again, yeah, in, uh, mildly insulting. And then I don't really know what to do. It's like the awareness I now have of how I am in social situations. It's a little too much awareness. <laughs> mm hmm. So, um, so how much did it eat away at you? And my follow-up question is, like, do you feel better being able to talk about it with me and joke around a little, a little bit? Or, um, you know, or is me piling on actually what you don't need? No, I didn't. Um, let's see. In the moment, I thought to myself, that was stupid. And then I just kind of, you know, I, I also needed to leave because literally I was blocking everybody from going home. So I went and I got in my car and I went home. And it was, was like... I don't think I was obsessing over it. I mean, I had forensic files to watch. So, I mean, I had other things to focus on. And then I think, honestly, when I really thought about it was when I was awake at three in the morning (laughs) because I was like, oh, this is exactly this is exactly what that dude said. (laughs) So then I started thinking about it. Then I was like, God, what an idiot. All right, Anne, can you drink coffee that late? Well, I don't drink coffee. Oh, yeah. Caffeine. But... I can drink a Diet Coke pretty much until I go to bed. I, I oh, really? The one evening I drank a two liter of Diet Coke, that was a bad idea. That affected me. But in general, I just have a low level of caffeine running through my bloodstream all the time. So it really doesn't bother me. Knock on wood. <laughs> all of a sudden it does. Uh-huh. Yeah. Caffeine really affects me that if I drink it after two, I'm done for the like that night. Mm. I have to, I'm going to have to take melatonin. And sometimes I'll forget and drink it. And then I'm like, oh, man, why did I do that? Now, have you always been this way or yeah. is Luke right that this is an age thing? It's always. That's why I don't uh-huh. I don't drink it that much. Um, and it, that's mostly because of that. It also makes mm-hmm. me really anxious, like jittery anxious. So it's all around just not a good idea for me anyways. Mm-hmm. But okay, let's talk about that. It is such the weirdest brag because <laughs> everyone is getting older every single day. Right. He's not Benjamin buttoning his life. <laughs> and caffeine and bodies do not work that way. Like that's just Mm-mm. not... <laughs> Although, I I don't know. I think a little bit about when I was young, when I was 14 and I could have eaten a pound bag of Skittles mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have affected me at all. Right. And now if I take the quote share size of Skittles and I eat the whole thing by myself, then I don't feel so good afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you are young, your body does tend to handle what you throw at it much better. Right. Then when you're older. So maybe that's what he's talking about. I don't know. But you're right. It's a stupid brag because we're all getting older. <laughs> right. And it's a brag, but he was like crapping on the other person saying they're old. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and I just mean like that's not how bodies work in that um I'm older than Jeremy. I can't drink caffeine and he can fall asleep and has with a Red Bull in his hand. Oh, that's true. He drinks all those weird energy mm-hmm. drinks and stuff. Yeah. yeah, Red Bull, that he doesn't usually get those cuz those are pricey. I mean, it's usually $1 or under that he gets. <laughs> but he 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 has caffeine 24 hours a day and is fine. Mm-hmm. And he's younger than me. So it's not about that. It's just how people's metabolism work, how they right. how yep. they um how their bodies like take in the caffeine or not. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure if I drank it every single day, I would start to like it would start to not affect me that much. Right. No, you make a good point though, and it maybe age comes into it on an individual level like the way your body reacts to something as you get older changes a little bit but that doesn't mean that we all start one way and then we all end the same way right. everybody has their own different right body reactions to everything mm-hmm. like i don't understand the people that are like oh god i just have to get a coffee i just can't function mm-hmm. until i get a coffee in this morning because i'm fine in the morning without a Diet Coke. You are. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Well, if I go too long, I go into withdrawal and then I get a headache. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel any benefits from drinking it other than that it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't get what you're saying about the, the jitters. I don't feel like a rush or more clear headed from caffeine. The only effect I get is when I go off of it. I get yeah. a bad effect. Mm-hmm. So, and then I know tons of people are like, oh God, I just, I have to have this coffee. I just have to. So do you get lots of sleep every night? Um, not as much as I want, but yeah. I do okay. And then what wakes you up in the morning if you're feeling groggy? Oh, um, no, I just get up. Were you going to say the alarm clock? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Because like my like quote unquote coffee is taking a shower. That oh. is what wakes me up. And then Mm-mm. I'm I'm totally fine and um I can take on the day. I don't need to consume any kind of food or beverage to make me wake up. Mm. No, I just usually I'm awake and then I get dressed and have breakfast and move on with the day and all all of that is part of my morning routine, but I I would say that I am awake before I get to any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you also like are pretty healthy. You have like a regular exercise regime. Mm-hmm. You eat healthy. You get uh, probably enough sleep, and that's not normal for everyone else. <laughs> so you keep that <laughs> in, true. in check that way. <laughs> but yeah, I don't understand. Like, don't even talk to me before my coffee. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. I I mean I don't know. Some people are just better. I remember one of my brothers had such a hard time waking up in the morning and when he was a teenager you'd come into the kitchen and he'd be sitting like hunched over the kitchen table like with his arms curled around a bowl of cereal just like eyes closed and spooning in cereal and he would just be like it's like caveman eating and it just took him a while because that was how his body woke up Mm -hmm. but I don't know I I need maybe three or four minutes in bed and then I get up and go about my day Mm mm-hmm yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to be like super cheery. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm just like a little quiet. I'm not like 
a super morning person that's like, you know, birds chirping and I'm singing a song and dancing around. I'm not that. <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm also not like snoozing a hundred times and grunting no, at people neither. or um, drinking tons of coffee. I think we're the same person, basically. <laughs> yeah, you know how people talk about whether you're an early bird or you're a night mm-hmm. owl? I'm like, isn't mm-hmm. there like a bird in between? Right. Kinda, <laughs> That's what I am, that too. That can get up early when they need to, but doesn't like to stay up super late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I'm exactly the same way. Yeah, there needs to be a bird in between. Let's come up with that term. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But getting back to this clip, then, of course, the wonderful irony of Luke making this brag is that then he does the very thing that the the comeback the guy came up with was that wakes up in the middle of the night, wired on caffeine. <laughs> that's which such is instant karma. karma. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I ever heard it, that's karma. That's great. <laughs> I love that. And how Luke is it that he decided to block all the cars? In the driveway. Typical. Yep. That's for banking in. <laughs> I do love that Andrew is like, well, you got into Andrew territory. Were you <laughs> making a joke and then obsess about it? And you were trying to be funny, but you end up like crapping on someone else. And then you want to take it back because it didn't come out right. <laughs> and then you worry about it. Yeah. Interestingly, Andrew spends his part of that episode, you know, the last three or four minutes kind of trying to say, but you felt really bad about it, right? And you kept thinking about it, right? And you were just obsessing about it later, right? And Luke was like, eh, not really. And that's the difference. You have Andrew's desperately trying to get Luke to admit to being in his same sort of pathology. And Luke's like, no, not really. Uh -uh." (laughs) But at least he didn't, like, as they say, Burbank the joke and continue to go, you're so old. (laughs) I'm so young. These are the examples of how I'm young. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I I thought it was really funny when he was like, youthful Burbank out. (laughs) As he drives away in his Audi and Mm -hmm. (laughs) probably peels out of the driveway. And never to be invited again. And see, that's why I had to rename this show Awkward Dinner Parties mm-hmm. instead of Terrible Dinner Parties. Because I think this was probably a really fun dinner party. It turned out to be right. a great time. And he just made this weird brag right at the end of it. And right. he was like, oh, dagnabbit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Should we wrap this up? This has been a long one, I think. <laughs> Yes, mm-hmm, but hopefully enjoyable. Yes, we're still. Aren't you still looking? It's like your um, white whale is looking for a dinner party clip, right? Um, I think that I have it. If it's the one <gasps> that you're thinking of, Flash. Yes, right. If it's the one where Jen gets the nickname Flash. After I talked about that, the last time we did a terminology show, Sydney messaged me and she said, you want me to find it? And I said, yes. And she found it and she sent it to me. So I have it for the future. Yes. We need to do a nicknames one because there's so many Nick TBTL nicknames. 
oh, Christy, that is a great idea. I'm writing that down. <laughs> okay. I'll help you with that one too. If anyone, ha- I mean, cause there's so many, like we could do True. probably five shows on it. So if people want to get in touch with us and say, I'd like to know the origin of this one, maybe we can add mm-hmm. that, like look to add that one. Um, but I'm so excited about this one. Oh my gosh. Oh, good Lord. We could just do a super cut of all of Andrew's nicknames alone. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, so let's do some housekeeping. We have some merch in the merch store. It's pretty awesome. Um, And we've asked, but no one has actually written in. But if you have ideas for t-shirts that you would like to see or think would be funny, let us know. And we have some graphic artists on standby ready to design those. So um, Mm -hmm. reach out to us and do that and check us us out. Um, The Archive Project, I'm always looking for people to help archive the show we're in i've assigned 2017 not through 2017 so i do need a lot of help only the archive project is the reason that we can do these awesome clip shows because we have the have the database and we just search for words like and looked for dinner party and found all of these great ones Mm -hmm. we have an amazon link which is littleredbandwagon.com slash amazon you're already shopping on Amazon. Why don't you do it? And then also, if you liked our show where we um, read out the funny things that everyone's buying, not not just funny, but awesome things that have led me to make some purchases myself, mm-hmm. um, use this link. And do you want to see how we can get involved? Yes, get involved with the show by going to littleredbandwagon.com. You can uh, click the Be Our Guest button and submit a clip and the reasons that you'd like to be on the show. We would love to have you. Uh, Send your hug your phone or throw your phone moments to throwyourphone.com. Whatever is making you upset or making you really love TBTL, we would love to know those. And hopefully, if we remember to read them on the recaps, uh, come visit us on Facebook, either our page or hanging around the Stens page. The show Twitter is at Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com or send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Well, Christy, now that we've established that we are the same person, <laughs> everybody knows not to invite us to any right. get-togethers. <laughs> well, unless maybe they invite both of us. Because there we go. we are fine with just sitting and not talking to each other. <laughs> I really do like people. I am just extremely awkward in my skin sometimes, and I forget to say things and uh, but if people can meet me halfway and help me a little bit, then I do just fine. <laughs> Ditto so. to what she said. And also, just if you're hearing this on Friday when we put it out, come and talk to us. Introduce yes. yourself. Um, Please do. Yeah. And we won't come up to you, but it's not because we're too cool. It's because we're too awkward. We're the yep. <laughs> so come up and talk to us. We love to meet everybody. So. Yeah, we got to get a couple of those hip hats. Then we can talk oh. to people. Well, and what is your definition of hip hat? We'll see. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, Christy, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen, and all your crazy adventures.
called it. But, unfortunately, my company is transferring me overseas. <laughs> no. Where to? <gasps> to Paris? No, no, not, not Paris. Oh, to London? Oh, to Rome? Vienna? Oh, oh, Barcelona? Okay, could you just stop talking for a second? <laughs> Yemen. That's right, yes. I'm being transferred to Yemen. When? I don't know exactly. This is the final boarding call. Flight 664 to Yemen. Well, I guess I gotta go. Oh, well, then I guess I'm going to Yemen. I'm going to Yemen. When we get to Yemen, can I stay with you?